From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. I find DoorDash really interesting because it has performed really well. The technology story in the quarter was new product lines, doing more stuff on the platform, but it was a high bar quarter. So when you look at their guidance for the full year in terms of gross bookings or orders, it seems strong, but clearly the stock is down 10%. So what is it that the street's not liking? It's hard to tell. And perhaps it's that EBITDA guidance not surpassing it for once. We're staying with DoorDash. Let's dig in with the CFO, Ravi Inukonda, joining us for those fourth quarter numbers. And I start with, well, the tough one, Ravi. The takeaway is not quite good enough. Can you talk us through perhaps the adjusted EBITDA number, the concerns creeping in? Or is it just that your stocks perform too well of late? 2023 uh, was uh, truly a transformative year for us. It was an inflection year for us, both from a growth as well as a profitability perspective. We've truly become a daily habit. Uh, more users than ever before are ordering from more categories than ever before. And at the same time, the business is doing really well where EBITDA is three times more in 23 compared to 2022 levels. And what we are trying to do is continue to drive innovation on the product front, introduce more products, introduce more features, where we have users order from more categories across 30 different countries around the globe. You've helped that net loss, particularly driven down by efficiencies, particularly on the logistics side, Ravi. But what, therefore, for the bottom line, to meet your guidance, your own given guidance for EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA going forward, what do you need to do, do you think? Our goal is always to drive more users to the platform, continue to order more. Profitability in our business is driven by growth. We saw that in 23. Our goal is to continue to do the same in 2024. And at the same time, if you look at our operating expenses, they've been relatively flat for the last six quarters, while we've continued to drive revenue growth north of 30%. When I look at 2024, our goal is going to be the same, which is we're going to drive users, we're going to drive order frequency, we're going to continue to drive leverage from an overall operating expense perspective as well. Uh, Ravi, there are loads of names on the street that are saying there's nothing wrong with the report, nothing bad in it. Maybe they look at the full year bookings guidance and say that it, that it indicates maybe deceleration in the back end of the year. So let's put the numbers to one side. What does the world look like right now to DoorDash, both in terms of like driver supply, demand from the consumer, corporate demand? Consumer demand on the platform continues to be really strong. If you look at 23 in a year when people thought consumers were pulling back, our users set a record high. Our scale at 37 million consumers globally continues to order with us every single month. And usage levels have also increased where our order frequency has reached a record high. And from a supply perspective, we've been really well supplied. Supply has been as good as it's been over the last couple of years. 
when you look at the consumer demand, it's really strong. When you look at the supply side metrics, it continues to be really strong, which is allowing us to drive growth as well as the bottom line profitability that you're seeing in the business today. Robbie, I always think about DoorDash as like a really big software company. And we don't really ever talk about that side of the business, right? The creation of a marketplace, but also you're essentially offering software to third parties, making their back end. How is that side of your business doing? Our platform services business, which is the software aspect of our business, continues to do really well. Our goal is to be with where merchants want us to be. We want to power merchants with their own first-party channel. We offer a product called Storefront, which powers merchants' own websites. And at the same time, we are providing our logistics engines for merchants in order to help them augment their own service as well. You're not just serving merchants in the United States. You made a key acquisition, and I'm thinking of Walt in particular. The effort to go international, Ravi, do you stay in the countries you're in and expand from there, even though they're perhaps not as populated as others in Western Europe? Or do you look to acquire or build yourself elsewhere? Today, we are operating in about 28 countries outside the United States. When I look at our international business, it's growing really fast, sometimes even five to six times faster than peers, which is allowing us to gain share in virtually almost all of the markets that we operate in. Even in the markets that we operate in today, we are just serving a small fraction of the users. We have our hands full with our existing markets. We're going to continue to innovate in those markets by offering new products. We are bringing grocery to many of the international markets where the penetration levels in some countries are even higher than what we're seeing in the U.S. As always, our goal is to drive improvements in selection, drive improvements in quality, as well as affordability across all the countries that we operate in today. And let's talk about that affordability. Tony also echoing that, that really 2024 is about making sure that the service is affordable. How do you do that, Ravi, when we've got, you know, still a relatively inflationary environment, certainly here in the U.S.? Affordability is a key strategic priority for us and uh, top of mind. Today, more than half of our users do not pay any delivery fee, almost 18 million subscribers on our DashPass program. And we've launched that program just about five years ago, and we've saved consumers over $10 billion. And at the same time, we are innovating on the product side. We are really proud that low-income families can use government subsidies to be able to order groceries on the platform. And this is our way of giving back convenience, value, and time to our consumers. Ravi, uh, let's use free cash flow as a kind of strategy conversation. You know, you did really well 2023. But, you know, Caroline's bringing up some really kind of big points. There's a lot of anxiety, right, about credit card data. And I bring that up because at some point the consumer might go away. Mm-hmm. And like your, your industry peers, you might have to say, we need to do more discounts, incentivizing, promotional work. And I'm assuming that that does impact free cash flow going forward. Free cash flow is a really important metric for us. If you look at uh, 2023, I'm really proud that we generated over 1.3 billion of free cash flow, which, as you pointed out, is an important health metric for us and investors when we look at the overall health of the business. Our focus has always been on product as well as innovation on in terms of technology. I mean, just a few examples. The way we are driving growth is today we have more than 150,000 stores that are outside of restaurants. 
virtually when I joined the company a few years ago, there was no stores that are grocery related on the platform. Our goal is to bring technology, bring product innovation to the 37 million consumers we have on the platform. And that's what's going to drive both growth as well as profitability in the business for us, which ultimately okay, will drive. Robbie, what is the next technology frontier? What is the next new product for DoorDash? We are operating in three large segments, restaurants, grocery, and international, each of which are roughly about a trillion dollars, where the penetration levels are still very, very early. I'm excited about the progress we've made, but we continue to drive more in terms of adding more categories, adding more selection, which is content on the platform, while making the product more affordable as well as high quality. If we continue to do that, we're going to drive more users, have them order more with us, which is ultimately going to drive profitability right. in the DoorDash CFO, Ravi, and a kind of great to catch up with you here. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.